I'm grateful. Thank him for the word that you're about to receive. Again, the Lord is set to encourage us. The Lord is bringing words of direction to us. The Lord is bringing words of hope. Oh, words of hope. The, word, the Lord is bringing words of correction because he loves us so much. So let's thank the Lord for the word that we'll be hearing this evening and for the prayers we offer. Father, we give you praise. We give you praise. They say we pray too much, but Lord, we have nothing else to do because it is only you that we have. So we have to talk to you. Yes, we have to talk to you. It sounds foolish, but Lord, you are the only one that we have. And Lord, we, 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 we acknowledge our helplessness. We do. We do acknowledge our helplessness. That is why we run to you. We thank you. Glory to Jesus forever. Father, we bless your name. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Uh, the Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. If you believe that, give me an amen. amen. Let's play the articulation of understanding as we begin to study. Are we ready? All right, I want to let's go. Now I declare. Now I declare. And the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will. In our spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. He's entering my heart. He's giving me light and direction. He's healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Right, the Lord is good. Let's take our seats. We'll teach a bit and then we'll continue to praise our school of prayer. We have been praying for some time. Let's just um, look at the scriptures a bit. And then we will continue to pray. Alright, can we open our Bibles to the book of Psalm 119? Psalm number 119. I'd like us to read a few verses of Psalm 119. Are you there? Yes, sir. 49. I'm just going to read two verses there. 49 and 50. He said, remember the word to your servant in which you have made me hope. This is my comfort in my affliction, that your word has revived me. Now, please notice this. David, of course, the way the people taught by God learned to speak, they spoke with finality concerning the promises of God. When he was saying this, don't assume that he was feeling perfect and his affliction was gone. He spoke that verse 50, like we will say, by faith. Now, so he was seeing what God will accomplish shortly in his life. And on the basis of that, he made that statement. This is my comfort in my affliction, that your word has revived me. But remember the first verse. He said, remember the word to your servant in which you have made me hope. Now, we are talking about God being our refuge. And um, I'll just continue. I will continue to pray today as God gives us the opportunity. And let me say this again. Let me just remind us of what prayer is. Before I speak, going to what I want to talk about is the issue of hope again. But let's bear this in mind. The reason why we pray is because of hope. Hope is what triggers prayer. Now, what is hope? 
hope is that you have expectation. Let me give you an example now. You know, I need money. I've checked my bank, nothing. I've checked nobody is, you know, owing me that I can go and say, hey, pay me what you owe. <laughs> nothing like that. So maybe I now have a friend who has resources and I have um, 24 hours. So I go to him and I tell him, you are my hope. That is not good to do, all right? But I'm just, give, just to paint a picture. What does that mean? I know he has the money. And I believe that partly because of his favorable disposition towards me and my supplication, my friend lent me three loaves in the Bible like that. I will not go until he gives me money. <laughs> now that is what hope is. That expectation that I, I'm at a place where I believe that help will come from is the reason why we pray, actually. A lot of prayers don't get answers because they are not based on that. They are based on hopelessness. Do you follow my point? They are based on desperation. They are not based on hope. They are not based on the fact that they have considered that there is help here. Like I say sometimes, you know, when some people say that, again, please, I go over this once in a while because somebody may be listening to this for the first time, and some people will not have the opportunity to get the exact message in which I discussed this before. It's one reason why we have to repeat things. Sometimes people say that maybe they have a serious ailment, and they say they are believing God. For many people, and believing God simply means that I am not following the doctor's treatment. I hope you get my point. But you want to know, that is not what it means to believe God. Because many people are not following the doctor's treatment. Because they are broke. Many people are not following the doctor's treatment because they are afraid. I mean, just fear. There's a man I knew of that. I didn't know him personally, but I knew his doctor. The man wouldn't go for surgery because he had this conviction. I don't know where he got it from. That if, he ever, if, if ever he's put under anesthesia, he will not wake up. He wasn't walking by faith. The issue was just that he was so afraid of surgery that no matter what he offered, he's not going to hospital. So he won't say he's walking by faith. So such people sometimes will not cling to any other thing that offers some glimmer of hope, if I may use that terminology this time around. They are not really believing God. You see many people say they are believing God. At the same time, they are taking Chinese herbs. Do you follow my point? Somebody abroad is sending them some vitamins. They are online searching for all kinds of methods used to use natural. I don't know what gives people the impression that if something is natural, it's of God. And if it is being manipulated by man, it's no longer of God. Let me say this again. If you can grind vegetable and drink it to cure your anemia, you don't have more faith than the person who decided to take an iron tablet. It's the same thing. Because sometimes I see Christians, they just draw the line on formulation. That is, the line is that if it's a medical formulation, it is not faith. But if it is natural, it is faith. That's nonsense. That has no meaning. It doesn't have any meaning. If you will sit down and take Chinese herbs, let her go to the hospital and let a dog see. Again, <laughs> I know they have, there's bias because of my training, but David said I have more understanding than my teachers because your testimonies are my meditation. Truth is that for my hearer's sake, God has given me general understanding. So I don't think it's just my bias because I have medical training. No. It's because in the process of medical training and observing life, I have learned to weigh all these things. And I can say to you, as a matter of fact, that, of course, there are bad doctors. I hope you get my point. So, but I'm not talking about that. 
on the surface, let's just look at the way the practice is. If you have to go natural way, these Oyibo doctors that you know, the normal medical doctor that you know, they are the best. They are better than Chinese herbs. They are better than people that, uh, be, that blow speaker on the road. Tell you that they can cure staff, locals, those people. Those people belong in prison. It's just because it's Nigeria. That's why they are allowed to move around. They belong in jail. Where things work properly, they should have been arrested and locked up. Once this person is mixing something for you, please go away. If you want something mixed, go to a proper hospital that has a sign. Look for a well-trained, experienced doctor. Talk to him. If he doesn't have faith, walk away from him. Go and look for one that has faith small. The reason because that faith is important. Before they go and use you for trade, yeah, they prescribe a more expensive treatment so they can get more money. So, but those are the bad sides of it. But let's leave the human factor. But the way the thing is really, believe me, every time they give you a tablet, there are years and years and years of research behind it. It's also natural most of the time. The antibiotic came from not mushroom, you know, mold, fungus. The same breed as your mushroom comes out from, the same lineage. Now you use um, atemita-based anti-malaria drugs. They came from Chinese herb, just like quinine also came from our own dogoyaro tree. But what they do is take the dongoyaro, say them, it, it works, we know. But we have to know the dosage. And we found that the dongoyaro contains like 20 things, of which five of them work, 15 of them kill. Yes? You don't know, you, you drink dongoyaro in, in very light doses. Your heart will start beating like uh, it went for Grammy Awards. <laughs> you don't know. Yeah, they call it arrhythmias. So that's why we, they, they have to calibrate it. Go and take Kune, your ear will start singing. Take Dongo Yaro, your ear with wax album. I'm telling you. So what the, what the other medical people do is to check the bad sides, the bad ones, remove, identify the few good ones, and check the dose compared to your weight. That's why every time, if you see proper medicine, the, the literature inside there is like Bible. But yeah, you know fake medicine. The literature is small. Two lines. If you are sick, take it. If you are well, leave up. <laughs> That is good. That's just an aside. So the fact that you are doing natural doesn't mean you are believing God. That's what I'm making. Once you are beginning to use those manipulations, you are already doing manipulation, go and listen to those who, who know it well. Alright? But to believe God really, hope, hope is to know there is help with God. Did you hear what I said? I was asked a question during Ask Pastor Banky, our radio program. Somebody said, does God always heal? God gives me wisdom when they ask those questions. The simple answer is to just say, ah, the answer, of course, the people of faith just say, the answer is yes. Then some will say, how can the answer be yes? Sometimes the person may have annoyed God. And both make some sense. But this was the answer the Holy Spirit just placed upon my heart. I said, I don't like to answer yes or no. But one thing I know, if you are serious enough and you build up your faith enough, there is no record in scripture that God has ever told anybody like that, no. There was a particular woman. Jesus was so sure, he wasn't playing, that this one can't get anything. Why? She's not one of the children. Please have mercy on me, my daughter is greatly afflicted. Jesus did not say anything. Then after a while, Peter and Co. came and said, Sir, this woman has been waiting in the waiting room now for two days. 
you sneak her through the back from the office. She doesn't let us go home. Can you just see her and tell her you can't answer her? So that she can leave her waiting room. So Jesus said, no problem. Call her in. So she came into the, the Messiah's office and said, look, you self check him. Messiah said, is it right to give the children's bread and give it to dogs? And she understood what they were saying. Those were not chihuahuas and German shepherds. Those were wild street dogs. The woman said, no, that would be totally out of order. Because Jesus said, I've not been sent to anyone apart from the lost sheep of the lost house of the sheep of Israel, lost sheep of the house of Israel. What are they like? What are they again? Lost sheep. Not the lost house of the sheep of Israel. <laughs> Alright, so the Lord told her that. Okay? And what's the idea? Now you can go. So the woman said, thank you, sir. Thank you very much for your time. I know you are very busy with everybody you have to attend to. Thank you. Um, but please, before I leave, I have a question. When these children are finished eating, don't they sweep, don't they sweep the remnants and throw out? The Lord said, how oh, would they do that? Can the dog eat from the crumbs? Jesus said, Madam, sit down. Yeah, Jesus said, Madam, sit down. Great is his faith. Only two people did he use that expression for all his life, Jesus Christ. On the, on the earth. Only two, none of them was a Jew. One was a Roman centurion. This is the second woman. And I said, okay, you are right. Oh, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Now what I said was correct, but that you will get nothing, no. That was not correct. Now you can go. The Bible said her daughter was healed that same moment. What does that tell you? Even when God, in quotes, says, in quotes, says no, that woman of faith said, in our church, that no does not work. So it's possible to stir up your faith enough. And you see, therefore, a lot of no's, Jesus said, is because the faith is not great enough. No, is that not what he implied? So instead of us making excuses of accepting that God did not say yes, I think we have a lifetime quest of developing the faith until we get the no out of him. When it is something he has promised. I hope you get my point. When it is something he has promised. I heard a preacher say something some time ago. And he, in fact, when I heard him, I had to do a series. It's still there. The fight against unbelief. And what he was saying in effect is this. He asked the Lord, why does it take so long sometimes to get answers to prayer? And the Lord said to him, in effect, the answer is not the problem. It's your unbelief. So he realizes, of course, I understood even before then, that faith and unbelief are two totally different forces that can be present in the same heart at the same time. Unbelief is not the absence of faith. You can have faith and have unbelief in the same heart. That's one mistake we make. We think that once you have faith, there's no unbelief. No. You can have faith. Faith will do its work. Unbelief will now come and say, has God really said Faith has collected the blessing. Unbelief will wake up every day and be cutting it down. And unbelief has ministers, friends, unbelievers. That's why they are called unbelievers. They give on, they, they, they help you with unbelief. They help you with unbelief. So the man said that he understood, therefore, that many times when we are praying, it's not that we are still trying to persuade God. Let me put it this way. We are trying to persuade ourselves. Do you hear what I said? 
trying to persuade God. We are trying to persuade ourselves. We are trying to say that indeed God has answered me. We are trying to say to ourselves, listen, because every day is a war. It's fight. We are always fighting. Circumstances will try to tell us one thing. They will take our time to reject the voice of circumstances. Because everybody is trying to talk. Remember Jesus came and said, who told you you were naked? We used to say that the glory, after the earth, the glory left them. Glory didn't, if I now realize, I say, nothing changed with them. Jesus did not say, ah, I came here, I didn't see glory. What happened? Did you hear the master say, I came to the garden. Adam, what happened to my glory? Nothing. What simply happened was that Satan that deceived them didn't stop there. You know, if you read the Bible well, you would know how to flesh out those narrow stories, those slim stories. You flesh them out. What happened was that Satan said, eat. You know, it's a long story. Let's not repeat the whole story. They both ate. And then they said, hey, now that you have eaten. Another thing. Are you not going to wear clothes? They said, why? You are naked. And if you're going to read the Bible well, Satan was covered with gemstones. Yeah, he was covered. Look, I hope you don't believe all that uh, serpent has got really said. Snake. Snakes didn't talk to anybody. The way they saw angels, they also saw one brilliant creature like that. Just like the angels they used to see. Okay? So maybe they declare to them that, look, the angels you see, do they look like this? They gave them a mirror. They began to compare themselves with things they did not, things they had never thought about before. There was nothing wrong with you until you went home for Christmas and your mother sat you down. I don't know whether I get my point. You were feeling very happy. And she told you last week, when Namdi came home, the kind of car he came with, you, have nev- you had never felt disadvantaged. You felt your life was, go- go- was moving on. Your, the ministry you are doing, or your business you are doing, is picking up. You didn't feel anything. You gladly entered Peace Mass Transit to go home. You go to the junction of your village. You took a bike. Every gift you had for them, you parked on the second bike. And you were whistling on the bike. You got there. You didn't feel anything. You ate the food. The next day, your mother sat you down. Then you realized you were naked. <laughs> you suddenly realized you were naked. That's what happened to them. That was why Jesus asked, who told you you were naked? He didn't say, how did you realize? He said, no, 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 the way this thing works, you have never, it, look, it's new information. So he said, ah, wait, who told you you were naked? That's what happens in life. Things come around chipping at our hope every time. Chipping at our hope every time. So I did that series, then you can go into the series of messages titled, The Fight Against Unbelief. So we have to wake up in the, ma- in, in the morning and fight it. You have to answer your mother and say, ah, thank you very much, mommy. I know you have my interests at heart. But it was for freedom that Christ has set me free. No longer to be, you know, yoked under that yoke of slavery. I'm not competing with uh, Namdi. He has his life. I have mine. You, you preach to yourself in her presence. You're not preaching to her. You, you remind yourself of God having the destiny for you. You remind yourself that your yastic for measurement of success is not the worldly standard. Like I told you the day my mother told me many years ago, like that. She meant well, though. They usually mean well. You know, your mates are living in their own houses now. I said, how many of them are preaching the gospel on radio? That was the answer I gave. I was having a high hill time, like Americans would say, preaching. 
if at that time, you know, there's a bit of flesh in this living some of my flesh. It was a, it was a, it became an interesting thing. I go to places. I wasn't on TV. I'll say something. I'll talk. Somebody will pause and listen. Hello, excuse me, sir. That voice is familiar. I said, what do you mean? Are you Pastor Banky? Remember our guy on the road to Makodi? The policeman. Stopped at the checkpoint. As we began to talk, he was listening to me. After a while, he said, please, sir, may I know you? I looked at him like, what do you mean? I said, I'm a Nigerian. What is it? But then the moment, along the line, I just said, well, I also teach the Bible. Once I said that, he said, Pastor Banky. I said, yes. The guy almost fell down. He shouted. The other policeman came to check whether he caught a drug dealer. <laughs> yes. You're not telling me that my mates are living in the houses now. How many of them are policemen shouting when they see them on the road? I said, one of those early days of Cosmo FM. One day I went to the radio station. So I heard one guy talk. Of course, just like he used to hear my voice on radio. I also used to hear his voice on radio. So I just said, oh, this guy who introduced our program almost every time. So I walked up to him. I said, oh, how nice to meet you. You are the one that introduced our program. He looked at me like, who you be? That kind of attitude. I said, oh, sorry, I am Pastor Banky. I remember he had a pack of Bensner hedges and a box of matches in the left hand. The guy didn't know when he grabbed my hand, went on the floor, kissed the hand. He, he didn't think about it. He had never met me. But that was our first time of meeting, but it was one that was always you know, interested in the program. So he used to listen. He's the reason we doubled our broadcast time at that time. So in, what, what happens is that I said, well, let's do twice a week. So I came to them that what I did, you cut it down to 15 minutes each time. When he heard, he said, ah, no, Pastor. Why? I said, we think that it's better to meet people more often than once 30 minutes one thirty minutes a week. And the, the fellow said, no, that when people are even saying, she please to one hour. They want to call, they said, no, no. He said, Pastor, is it money? I said, well, it's not like money is not part of it, but he said, not a problem. Please talk to our marketers. When we finished negotiating, the deal they gave us, I screamed. I didn't know it was possible. It was because of him. It was that time somebody told me that uh, your mates are living in their own houses. It's like, how is that my problem? How is that my problem? Look, better look for something to be proud of in your life. And these houses, they just leave that. If you have finished building houses, then somebody just, just pull roads there. You have not seen it before? Just pull roads there. As the road, they just say, overriding public interest. interest. They withdraw certificate of occupancy. You, you will be chasing compensation till APC takes over from PDP and then Labour Party and then even APGA will come and go. Nothing for you. The father finally give you money. That's worth one-tenth of everything you spent. Yeah, it's, it's big. I mean, like, you spend 10 million, they give you 15 million. But by the time you were getting it, you couldn't do what 10 million did. That, of course, it happens. So, unbelief, that's when I make it. It chips away. It chips away. So, sometimes people tell you you are naked. It's unbelief that's working. Unbelief is now working. So, you have a responsibility to make sure they don't chip away at your faith. Bear that in mind. I was talking about, you know, hope. That's where I began this from, all right? So when we have hope, let me go back to it. Now, okay, like I was, okay, let me quickly get back to the reason why I said what I said. So that man said that, listen. So the Lord told him that, I answer prayers immediately. But oftentimes, unbelief will not let it manifest. So you have to fight the unbelief. So even though God says, apparently says no, like Jesus said to, no to that woman, she built her faith to a level where she could take what anybody will have said the Lord said no to. 
And we'll talk about it in a moment. Because he had promised. So every time what he's promising is not manifesting, let's work on ourselves. Let's not, no, the will of God has been expressed. So what is the reason why my daughter will not get healed? He said it's because I'm not part of the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Good, alright? But those who hang around them, can they eat the remnants? They said yes, and then no became yes. Do you get my point? So many times the no's can be t- overturned. Sometimes, you must understand, God's judgment is what we experience every day, not his will. It's our responsibility to convert his will to his judgment. What, what am I saying? Whatever you will experience is what God decrees. It's called his judgment. doesn't mean punishment, please. Judgment, you have to be careful. It just means he's sitting as judge and he's giving a ruling. Okay? Now, the job we have as people, he has his will. He shows you the will. So you read the will and come to his judgment throne, petitioning based on that will. Now, if his will says you will get one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. If you leave that place with only one and two, come back with the petition again. Having investigated why you didn't get more than two, then you petition again. And he will say, okay, you will approve four and five and six. Many of us, once we get one and two, we are okay. Many of us, once we get three added to one and two, we are fine. They will not settle down and go and build a shrine for unbelief to keep justifying why we did not get four, six, seven, eight, nine, and ten. They write books on the God of one, two, and three. <laughs> Do you follow my point? Yes. And talk about how to manage life even if you don't have four, five, six, seven. And be giving testimonies about people that even though they didn't have four, five, six, seven, nothing bad happened to them. Then we therefore consolidate the unbelief in the society. And then the power of God is hindered. That's why I tell people, don't touch that scripture. Don't touch that scripture. Even if you are not experiencing it, just leave it alone. If I find something in scripture, I will read it, I will believe it. And then I will leave it. But whenever I try to explain that my life is a standard. Do you follow what I say? A very popular one. People die a lot, you know. It's very common. People die young. In fact, if I count the number of my classmates that are dead, just thinking about it now, I'm just counting. There are quite a number. People have known peers that have died in the last maybe few years. Quite a lot. And of course, it's common for people to say that, listen, if you need to be age of 80, you try. You know your friend, you know how old he is? John Makoto. Is he up to that? But anyway, he's 80 something. I never knew. That guy, he's so strong and handsome. You know, he had the heart problem the other day. Well, it's fine now. Okay. But I found out this out yesterday. I said, it is something, look at how strong he will stand and teach two services. The first day he couldn't teach the second service in 40 or 50 years was when they took him to a hospital a few days ago. I said, are you serious? And somebody told me that, this is, I'm going, this is a lie we lie to ourselves, that the Bible says that he has given us 70 years. Have you read that one before? You know it's not in the Bible. I hope you know that. That thing is not in the Bible. That God said, I've given you 70 years. Lie, lie. He never said so. Nowhere. The one they quote was a lamentation of Moses, who was saying that, Kai, God, you do a strong thing. No? Now we are just dying anyhow. Men are now dying at 70. It was a lamentation. Said the strong ones make it to be 80. 
It was a lamentation of Moses. He wasn't there saying that. The, the, and we wrote books on it. The days of God are three score and ten. And when we, read, when we now read it in that funny language, it sounds so spiritual. Three score and ten. Seventy is seventy. If you like, call it zero score, you know. Do you follow my point? The way they write it, it says three score and ten. If you like, the Lord came, I said, my children, three score and ten I have given you. There's nothing special about three score and ten. It's where we confuse ourselves to making it think is making ourselves think it's spiritual. Nothing about it. Moses was lamenting. So the strong ones managed to make it to 80. For you to know he couldn't have been saying it's the will of God. He himself was 120, and he was not a particularly quote, strong one. He was just a normal one, and he was 120. The Bible says his strength did not abate. At the age of 85, one of his boys, Caleb, rose up, stretched, and told his guy, time to go and take the promise that Moses made to us now. And the guy he's talking to is about the same age. So at 85, the man was saying, yeah, let's go, let's go. And they went to fight giants. Someone now tell you that God promised us 80. And once you believe it, at 72, you won't see clearly again. Your body starts winding down for you. And once you're 81, they say, you don't try. And now start telling lies to us. I have tried. Tried to what? The only thing the Bible said to us is that in the kingdom of God, the young man dies at 100. All of that references to our lifespan is simple a matter of satisfaction. With long life, I will satisfy him. But you know when sin has finished people, life expectancy, those is, is Africa, Africans were living long, anything, but they looked old. If you farm in the sun, morning, afternoon, and night, by the time you are 50, you look 82. And since you married early, at 16, you were married, and you have grown children, they not say, because you, your mom would just look and say, this boy, no, they just assume you married at 20-something. You miscalculate your age for you. When they see the way you are bent over, they assume you are 70-something. That lie. Oh, boy, you are only 56. This your appearance is poverty. Son, excessive labor. What I'm trying to say, so when they now began to document age, they realized that we're not living longer. At all. It's sin and iniquity. They will not write medical textbooks that make you look as if once you are 18, that disease of old age at 8. Well, Caleb said, disease of soldiers at 80. Do you follow my point? <laughs> if Caleb had written the same book, he would have told a totally different story. Now, having said all of these things, if I fall sick at the age of 75, I will not change what I have said to you. That's where I was going. I won't. I will not. I won't change what I have said to you. Why? My life is not scripture. I was supposed to build my faith up also because God's promises have to be activated by force. The kingdom of God does what? Suffers violence. And the aggressive and the violent will take their own portion by force. And listen, it is not medical intervention that will fulfill it. Though. I don't know whether I get my point. Out of, your, out of your sweat, you will eat bread. It works. I hope you get my point. It's, look, medical intervention and human effort also has some advantage. But that is sweat. To eat bread. But there's a force of life. Which, because, let me ask you, who was checking Moses' blood pressure? Moses. What was his blood pressure? I don't think it was, it was not stressed. That guy was stressed. If you pastor the nation of Israel and you don't bust an artery every second day of the week, Abba, he was stressed. What am I going to say? What kept him going had to be supernatural. That's what I'm going to say. It had to be. 
It had to be. And that power is not gone. The way we carry medicine this is as if, God, thank God for advanced technology. And I ask, I say, with all the advanced technology, do you know, the first day Pharaoh, for you to know it was not natural, the first day Pharaoh saw Jacob, his jaw dropped. What does that tell you? People in Egypt were not living that long. They were not living that long. He says, sir, how old are you? He says, ah, how old was it that time? I mean, this is the day of your, I, I, was it, when I was that time? No, it wasn't seventy. Jacob, when he came to Egypt. He said, that time, he was a hundred and something. He now said, look, this one is no more as long as my, uh, my, uh, as my, my forefathers. He said, my own, now suffer, now suffer, do me like this. He said it. He said the days of affliction. Which means, if Pharaoh has seen uh, what it, Isaac, Isaac will have been looking like John McCutton. <laughs> the Lord is good. What am I going to say here? Listen, eh? we are to build first. Okay, I was trying to illustrate the fact that we don't just say God said no. If, he has, if there's a promise, I'm going to get back to what I'm going to organize. There's a promise. If there is a promise, the no is not final. I hope you're getting my point. The no is not final. We will find out what is the shortcoming. And everything in this life responds to faith. Did you hear what I said? Everything in this life does what? Now, I think that one must be the, may be the most important message, or one of the most important points of today. Everything responds to faith. What did I say? Everything responds to faith. Say it again. Everything responds to faith. Let me explain what I mean. Jesus looked at a tree, spoke, the tree died. He spoke, a dead man lived. Do you get what I'm, what I'm trying to say? He spoke, blind eyes saw. Abba. He went to his hometown. He wanted to do the same thing. Nothing happened. And he said, unbelief too much in the air. Which means the trees around respond to spiritual forces if we kill unbelief. When he spoke against a tree and the tree died, you know what he said? When they told him, Master, the tree you cursed is dead. What did he say? Have the faith of God. Basically, it's a matter of faith. The faith around was strong. So the little thing I said, because all he said, he didn't say this tree. Peter, hold this side. John, hold this side. And he held him behind. You know the way we do some of these our preachers. By the way, we like to play in church. It's good though. Better than go to nightclub. We, we like to play. But I look sometimes and say, Jesus did not do like this. Let me quickly give you some more digression. Build up your faith. Don't be carried away by razzmatazz. Build up your spirit. One of the reasons why the Bible says that Jesus, that the Holy Spirit came on Jesus like a dove. Alright? That's one explanation people have refused to buy, but I believe it. It was because usually when the Holy Spirit comes on people, they scatter. The Holy Spirit came on Jesus Christ, he walked away like nothing happened. He was so strong and so built. Normal people, they care Holy Spirit, they just disappear. They begin race. They go, come, come. They will run on the ground and be prophesied. Even though they are not prophets. Normal people, Holy Spirit comes on, they start singing, they can't keep quiet. They, ex- they almost explode. Jesus received the heaviest dose of anointing the world had ever seen. And he just shook his shoulder and walked away. John said, oh, more, we don't die. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm telling you, that's the truth. That's why I say, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit rested on him like a dove. He came, but he just soaked into him. Psh, like nothing happened. Strong spirit. The Lord is good. 
Anyway, no, small digression there. <laughs> if you're holding you want to perform behind, what do you want to do? Cast out one little, one little spirit like this. They will hold you here, hold you there. Say, if I be a man of God, to cast out one little spirit. Jesus just whispered at a tree. Huh? Mango, you never begin fruit at this particular season. Now, man won't work mango. You just do work out of the mango. That's all. He said, not, nobody will eat from this tree again. Useless tree. That's all he said. And the tree died from the roots. Let me explain what they say. Do you know, faith is strong. You look in your house. Why are there so many rats here? I don't want rats in my house. And they will park and leave. You're not getting my point. You know, we can go and buy Otapia Pia. Buy, what, what, is this sniper? All these things were killing. But do you know what? I don't believe Jesus would have bothered. Jesus would have just said, I don't think rats should be in my house. And just by saying it, the rats will rearrange. They will park. Oh yeah, senior rats, move, move everybody park. <laughs> And they will line and walk away. You come next day, you won't see rats again. Why? The Son of God just said, rats shouldn't be in this house. I'm not kidding. With this part, I don't take my eyes see for Enugu. God is just showing that it's a sign of unbelief. Yes, I'm, I'm, it sounds funny, but it's the truth. I don't, I, I'm not doubting, I'm not joking about it. Ah, you will paint your ceiling, shine like this, they will come. You, sometimes you wonder, what are you planning to catch in that corner of this room? It doesn't lead anywhere. You draw a line for you over there. If you try and clean it, that is when the problem starts. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what am I going to say? If it was the Lord Jesus Christ, there would be all those arguments won't be there. Just look at it. Spiders shouldn't be putting their webs all over this place. He won't say more than that. Though. It's not. <clears throat> Children, this morning, let's begin to praise God. God of miracle. Mom, mom, mom. Now my papa, oh, against the spiders. Now my papa, oh, God of miracle. Against spider. You know what I'm The most high live, the most high reign, the most high reign in the ceiling here. On spider. All he would have just said is this house shouldn't have spiders. And that's the end of it. And the spider would just say, guys, 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 come, come, come. We have a neighbor. The guy doesn't even go to church. <laughs> One woman in the kitty long ago, it actually happened to her. Young convert, she was a rice farmer. She couldn't read and write. She couldn't speak English. They preached the gospel to her in the Yoruba language. And they taught her and she heard it. And she did, they told her the name of Jesus can do everything. That was where the problem began in the village. This one really happened. The villagers came to testify. Birds used to, dist- you know, weaver birds, pests of um, rice, rice crop. The woman said, no, that they said the name of Jesus does everything. That the name of Jesus, the birds will not go to her fields. And the villagers testified that the birds will perch in field A, as my own is B, fly over B, perch in C, go to D, fly back to A, they will not perch on B. Because somebody said to her, the name of Jesus does everything. That is what, listen, this is unbelief, eh? we must fight it. Yes. It must die. Amen. Unbelief must die. Amen. Unbelief must die. Amen. Unbelief must die. It's so important because it cripples the things that God wants to do in our lives. We'll not settle down and be, you know, making excuses. That's it, listen, don't, 
Even if you are not experiencing it, don't, exp- don't, don't excuse it. Do you follow my point? If you're having a headache, I've seen people have that kind of, you're having a headache, and you're drinking one paracetamol to ibuprofen. It's not a problem. Eat your ibuprofen. Drink your paracetamol. It's fine. The Lord can use it to heal you. But don't even venture to explain that this is how God heals now. Don't. This is your feasting on paracetamol. is not normal. It, just know it is not normal. Let's not, just, we agree, it is not normal. The other day, a few days ago, I had a headache. It was so terrible. No, it was, I was feeling very ill. So, I got up. Hey, doctor, she had things, things got spoiled. So I said, Lord, I like do something new in my life. I cannot do it quick. I wasn't feeling very well. I asked, okay, Lord, she, you know, go mind. Let me just take one even for capsule and, and then we'll be fine. There's only one thing. I looked for a good one. <laughs> I said, Lord, I get the point. I just went and laid down. I said, Lord, I get the point. I get the point. God, I've seen it, I'll swallow it. Let me not lie to you. Why was I looking for if I wasn't planning to swallow it? <laughs> I wasn't feeling well at all. I looked for ah, I said, this thing was here just a few days. Ah. Back, maybe our angel said, hey, collect it from him. I, I didn't find I just went, I didn't even bother to go outside the room to go and look. I just went and laid down. I prayed and went and laid down. Now, I'm telling you, too, don't think that, uh, look, everybody gets through this, goes through this thing, but I will not come and tell you that uh, that's the way normal life is. It's not normal life. It's not normal life. My afflictions are not normal life. Even if I go through them and I tell you about them, they are not normal life. I like what David said here. Back to our message. He said, remember the word to your servant in which you have made me hope. This is my comfort in my affliction. That your word has revived me. Now listen. The comfort in where? Wait. Was he out of the affliction at that point? No. Yet he said his word has revived him. Ah. I don't know what that is. Can you see the contradiction? The man is sitting in the affliction. He said, but this is my comfort. I know your word has revived me. What was he trying to say? Even though I'm feeling like this. This is a temporary situation. I have this comfort that your word has revived me. I'm looking at the affliction. <laughs> you do the affliction on time. You do the affliction. Mm. That, that's my comfort that your word has revived me. Now, back to where I began from. That is what hope is. Hope is derived from information. You know, I told you something the other day. I think it was on Saturday. That most of the time, I'm around people who respect my opinion, who I, I teach the word of God, and even when they disagree, they are too afraid to argue. They don't want to go on record that they argued with me. They don't know whether the Holy Spirit will be angry. So generally, I have peace. But I told you, when I get to my classmates, a prophet is not without honor. <laughs> Apart, I, you know, there are places you get to, there's no honor. I, I can't let you read the peace. I know you, you feel bad. You want to sit my pastor at the yap like this. You know, they call me bishop there, actually. <laughs> They call me bishop. Doesn't stop the abyss. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It does not. In fact, the bishop is a is a yapping title. <laughs> there are only few people, like one or two or three people, mostly ladies, who give that title pastor some and I've, and of course and I myself. Okay, I'm not a pastor here, so let's <laughs> let's do it properly. <laughs> 
When I finish with some people, I have one guy in the UK. When I'm done with him, when I finish helping him, I say, this guy, you must have a thick skin. Honestly. I know. I know. Fact, occasionally, I get the anointing to preach. I'll show you the one who preach on hell. Somebody went and joked about hellfire. When I was done, I wonder if my guys came behind and said, thank you, that was scary. <laughs> when I finished describing hellfire, I noticed that the place was quiet after that. One of the things I told them, I said, listen, you think you will do iniquity and because you don't die, you will escape? I said, no. I said, the only thing that God has mercy. Ask him for mercy, he will forgive you. I said, but, but, but if you will not repent and ask for mercy, he has no compunction about smoking you right here and for eternity. I said, God smokes people. He's not a humanist. He's not ashamed of it. I wrote like that. I said, my God, if they smoke people, he will fry you, he will turn you like soya like this, and you know, go cook, finish. It's humanism. I say, how can a good God? I say, a good God, I wrote that one. I say, a good God, what he does is to warn you and give you abundant avenues for escape. As if you neglect it, to hell you shall go. I said, for your information, hell is so bad, if you are able to feel fire there, you'll be comforted. <laughs> <laughs> no, because only my, my anointed day. Back to the main thing. <laughs> so that's one place I get to. Listen to me. And I see that human beings, about it, 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 the main place, yes, I think I see how bad human beings are. They don't have to shoot and kill. The number one thing that they do, which I know offends God, and I told one guy the other day, I said, you may be here laughing, but God is offended by this, your lack of gratitude. Yes. I'm going somewhere. You see human, be- human beings there. They get up in the morning and just kill their own hope. They kill hope for everybody. Do you know occasionally when I, I, I say, God, if and this, now listen, these are well-educated people and it makes me laugh. You know why I laugh? They still complain about leaders. Now in case you don't know, we are class of 91. You know what I mean by class of 91? Graduated in 1991, all of us as medical doctors. No small boy, no small girl. These positions they have occupied. Many who have, who have comp- contested for vice chancellors probably didn't make it. Several chief medical directors, past and present, all over the place. Commissioners of health, you know, DGs here and there. And they were telling that the problem with Nigeria is leaders. I say, eh. <laughs> so what are you people? <laughs> if you are complaining about leaders at your level, ha. Now, where I'm going, all right, is that when I see people there talk, that's the place I can feel the average person on the road. And you see the lack of gratitude, the lack of truthfulness, I'm sorry. People are not honest, you know, to God about life. They sit down every day and undermine hope. I have a few of my classmates that once they post something, I don't read it. I delete. I don't, that's why those things that you forward, maybe you forward something, is more than... Once at first glance, I can't get in two lines, get everything that's inside there, or I need to click to download a small uh, image. I don't bother. Who forwarded these people, this person, this person? I just hold, ta, 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 delete. It's normal, it's normal. Ta, 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 delete. Ta, 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 delete. I said, why? I can't be upsetting myself regularly. There was a time myself I was going to leave the group, just that I have too many friends who I need to do too much explaining to. Tap, 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 delete. I'm not kidding. I, once I open like this, who sent this one? This fellow. Tap. This fellow. Tap, 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 tap. I think 
at a stretch. I can tap 10 messages, hit the delete button, wipe it off. I'm not curious. I don't want to. I, I know you. I know you only forward evil. You never forward anything that encourages faith. Please, what am I going to say? This life responds to faith. It responds to faith so much that you have to be careful. Walk on your faith. Guard it. Guard it. Guard it. You, oh, you must. What is faith? In summary for us believers. Faith is taking whatever God has said as final evidence. I have a headache. My legs are swelling. My stomach is swelling. My back is paining me. It's called affliction. David said, this is my comfort in that affliction. That your word has revived me. Even though right now, do I feel good? No, I don't. But I take the word of God as final. Now listen. This is the point I'm trying to make to us today. That when we interact with God's word, literally study God's word, we discover. If you go and read that Psalm um, 139, he said, your thoughts towards me. How did he say it again? That if I were to number them, eh, how precious also are your thoughts to me, O God? How vast is the sum of them? Yeah, that's, what I wanted, that's the expression I was looking for. How precious are your thoughts towards me? How what? Vast is the sum of them. What, are, what does that mean? God has thought about everything about my life. Every single thing. Every single thing. Every single thing. There is nothing that he hasn't thought about ahead of that thing happening. That is, if I'm supposed to need money next year, 15th of June, as at 700,000 years ago, he had planned the provision. I didn't say as at this year. I just used 700,000 just to pick a figure. It is not, listen to this, it is not when I get there, and I say, ah, thank you, any problem? I say, Lord, I don't know what you have heard. I say, no, I have not heard, tell me more. They said since Emefele has not extended the switch time, I was thinking that um, if I don't, you know, like so, Lord, there's a problem. Can you, do you think there's anything you can do about it? Say, ah, okay, can you come back in five minutes? Let me talk to Gabriel and Michael. Whether there is something we can arrange, that's how we thank God is. You know, it's an unconscious thing in our hearts. We think it's when we come to pray that in our sense of machinery in motion to solve a problem. Now say, you know, I call the angels. Say, ah, matter deal. See what thing happened. Didn't see Banky was here just now. He was telling me things I did not know. And I'm supposed to be God now. Wow, this world don't spoil you. <laughs> no, it's an unconscious thing that we have inside our hearts. Again, please, again, you know I like to digress. That's what makes me laugh with Christians. When they say I did their PVC thing. So I said, you think it is now God is trying to decide? Who will be president? Is a returning officer. Yeah, you know what they call returning officer? Those who count votes. I said, you think it is now? Christians make me laugh. You know, if we can all come together. I say, what will happen when you come together? What will happen? You vote an unbeliever. Who has a wicked heart, but you don't know? What will happen when you come together? Eh, the people, they will not be able to oppress us. Who's oppressing you? Do I look oppressed to you? You know, that's what makes me laugh with Christians. He said, you just sit down, insult your heavenly father, abuse him well, call him, you know, clueless, helpless, unable to help, can't do anything. He was dead, they are oppressing me. I'm going to gather enough of my brain and we'll vote out the oppressor. 
It is the spirit of Israel that requested for Saul. That was how Saul came. Give us a king. That's how Saul came. When I see Christians, I just laugh. I say, are you people normal? I don't think so. You most certainly are not. They put hope in things that can't help them. Do you know some people, like, if their candidate loses election, which you know will happen to most people, why only one person can win out of 18 candidates. So, most of those candidates, so you can, what the candidate? yes, they will lose. They can't pray. Say, God has failed us again. Four years' time will start again. They will not abuse the head of state that is there for four straight years. And God can't bless them for four years. You want to know my own faith? I will go and vote. I've told all of you. It's a civic duty. Go and vote. But whoever wins this election, no, forget who wins. Whoever sits, because these days I know they trust who wins. Now who sits at the <laughs> now who sits at the because winning and sitting in Nigeria, there are two different things. As a man, according to the Supreme Court justice, they have more power than everybody else votes. You don't know. Those men will just eye you wrongly. Say, did the guy contest? He said he didn't even contest. He said, sorry, he didn't contest. <laughs> ah, you've not seen the past judgment? We call them gods. And that's what the Bible calls them. Judges. They are gods. When those gods passed judgment, that first time P2B was a governor. Andrew Bar went and sat down. The gods were watching. <laughs> Andrew Bar went and sat. He's a governor of Anambra. Before the election, they went and met the gods. You know what I mean? Gods. Supreme Court justices. They said, please rule now, rule now. Election is next week. They said, it doesn't matter. When the ruling is ready, we will read it. <laughs> Two weeks. <laughs> After they have sworn Anduba, they just write, say, hey, what did you say your name was again? Say Peter. He said, your tenure never ends. That is, they so kicked Anduba off the seat there. The guy couldn't believe it. Let me, let me leave that one there. <laughs> so in this country, me, I don't, you win election, I'm just watching you. Come and sit down. Sit down first. I could watch the chair. And sometimes those with good eyes will say, oh God, that chair now two legs again. <laughs> oh, ah, what have we lost in this country? Some people, they will just come there, their place, they are no more. Mm. So now, this is where I'm going. So whoever sits, that's the point I'm making. Whoever sits, this is scripture of activity for that regard. For that scenario. He says, all things are yours. Whoever sits there will serve the purpose of God for my life. You will have no choice. I may not know who you are. I don't really know, sincerely. But when you finally sit, I look, who's sitting down there? I carry your name. Listen. I will carry your name to my shrine. Is it not you that say you want to be Banking's president? I will carry your name to my shrine. I will pour things on your head. I will invoke spirits upon you. I wake up in the morning concerning you, I'll be saying, Thus says the Lord. You will wake up, you will do things you did not plan. I will remind your soul that the heart of the king does not belong to the king. Uh, when I see Christian, this, it makes me laugh. That's why I'm going to say, they don't have the power of God. And what we need now is to get our man there. Most of our man, in quote, that gets there, they go mad. Yeah, no, it's the will of God. It's God, though. 
When, when Christians just put their hope, God said, this one, give him, he did it to Saul now. Remove that good spirit, give him an evil spirit. That's an evil spirit from God. <laughs> Saul will just go mad. A lot of good people have been, they've been run mental by human beings putting hope in them. Listen, just please, I beg you, follow this my own road. My own is that any party you come from, after the election is over, you're able to sit. You are now my... Let's say you're in trouble. Let's just be like that. I will inv- what will I invoke on your head? In summary, you will do the will of God concerning me. You will do the will of God concerning this nation. You will make the oppressed go free. <laughs> do you, let, me, let me just see that. I'm about to get stuck there. Let's get back to the main message when we're preaching. Talking about hope, right? And faith, okay? I'm reminding us again that faith affects things around. It does. Our hope must be built on God's word. So whatever he says is final. It is when you have that. Because when people make decisions, it's hope. You know, I was saying, we were talking about the other day. Just a man, just carry his, he has a beautiful house, two houses in Enugu, uh, one in Lagos, one in Enugu. He sells both of them. Where are you going to? He says, running to UK. And you're like, excuse me, sir. You lived in this country. You were able to build these two houses. He said, yes. Then now, what are you going to do when you get to UK? We'll get the, you know, they say, I want to go and do a master's. So why didn't you do master's in all these beautiful universities in Nigeria? You're not going to do master's. You are going to... Your master's is just the, 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 your, to get visa to leave the country. Okay? We all know. Let's not lie to ourselves. So what's the plan after that? No plan. And then people like me will be wondering, what is wrong with you? Because we're wondering, like, are you going to do master's in some funny things? Climate change studies. <laughs> you can't even do master's in serious things like uh, silicon chip design. You're doing master's in climate change studies. The Lord is good. Anyway, so you finish. No plans. You now plan to start hunting for just all the money you saved here. will take care of you, your beautiful wife, and your lovely three, four children for the next few years. And some of us are looking at you whether you are normal. Yeah, we're wondering, we really are wondering, because you have such a beautiful stream of income. You're, you're an influential person. And we're wondering that, look, what education do you want to give children anywhere? We know you could have afforded anyone here. So we're just confused. They were no longer confused. We now understand the reason. It's hope. Or more like hopelessness. Because you projected, they told you headsmen will take over your whole village. One pastor even told you, you, better go and dig a hole. In case they arrive, you heard such things. Then since you began to build, your, when you started building that your house, dollar was 250 naira. Now it's over 750 there about. And you're wondering, will you reach 2 million? You know, those kind of thoughts go through your head. And you're wondering, how do I pack enough money for when my children will be old? You've thought and thought and thought about it. And you saw no solution. Then somebody showed to you that UK has basically been stable for the last 50 years, which is not true, and that um, somewhere in North America has been like that, or Australia, and all of that. So you carry your whole hope, and you fix on those nations. It is the reason why people make those decisions. And you that you are not making it is because you have hope in God. No, you, you may not realize you do have hope in God. You know what I found out? You may not realize it is because you have hope in God. You know, because... I, I, 
I went through that phase. I used to wonder whether something was wrong with me. Or am I ignorant? Except that when I talk to these same people, I realize I know more than they do. I don't know whether I get my point. No, a lot of conversations I have with people, if I was telling one of my friends that day, I said, do you realize that this guy, he talks all the time, but he never supplies us information. He only supplies us vexation. So he's angry with somebody. If you ask him how much Naira has CBN collected back, no idea. What was the target? No idea. How much, why did Naira move from here to here? No idea. When did Dangote refinery start construction? No idea. When the, if you ask all those questions, they have no idea. So you realize little things like, no, they don't have more information you, than you have. Because I used to wonder, the time, did they know something I don't know? And I found, it, found out recently, that is a lie. They know far less than I do. I can teach them economics. So their action is not actions of information, it's action of hopelessness. And they're always angry because Solomon said, anger lies in the bosom of fools. They have no knowledge. They have no understanding. They're just moving by what everybody is saying in the bus. You know my bad in the bus. You enter the bus, they just be telling you that this Nigeria, one guy the other, they made me laugh. You know what he said? That Nigeria is a criminal offense. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'll show you the tweet. That Nigeria is a crime against humanity. That Nigeria is a crime against humanity. And the same person wants to speak on national matters. And I'm supposed to listen. No, there are all kinds of people like that. But you know why you're not like that? I tell you, you did not know. Now you know. You have hope. No, you did not know, but now let me tell you. You have hope. You have hope. You have hope. You place your hope in God. That's the reason why you are not moved by what people are moved by. Is the reason why you are not moved by what, what people are moved by. You know, from time, you know this hope in God, eh? it just creeps into your life if you are just interacting with the word of God on a regular basis. So when I people say, ah, my wife is pregnant, I want to go and deliver her brother. I always wonder, what is the issue? So you never can tell. Tell what? Uh, you never can tell. Tell what now? What will happen to this country? Where you are going to deliver him? Can you tell what will happen there? Some of you don't bomb for Ukraine. Now you don't even know which country you're... <laughs> Your child is from. No, I'm being honest with you. You know, I didn't know I had faith, really. It was when things began to happen. That's when I realized I had faith. When Akinu was going to be born, eh, the opportunity was given to my wife like this, on a platter of gold. Ah, she collected that, hey, how was that? Let me go and trip. Let me go and play in UK. And I said, please, oh, how long will I stay before I come back? Was her mother. I know the teacher me like two months. What was it? Two months? So my husband will not see his child for the first two months. Hey, but you know, he said, No, I know they go. Thank you. Me, I'm born for where I did. It's good enough. I'm gonna look at her like you and your husband, you know. I believe the two of you are not normal people. No, no, it was clear that they were strange creatures. No, no, the strangeness of our soul was so clear that just because you will sleep there for six extra weeks. Six weeks, really? because normally two weeks is not the bad. I, was, I thought I could just born today. After two weeks, I pack my body. How was I? Let me go and play. As my Peking go get passport or what? Which kind of passport is that? What is that going to mean? Will you give me a job in the refinery? I have no people from my brother applying for a job in that place. One of our brothers, they are coming when they advertise. Most applications come from outside the country. 
I hope you are getting my point here. What am I saying? Why, why did she, of course, now, for your information, she turned down the offer before telling you. Of course, she just knew the kind of thing this man will say. Why? I have hope. I didn't realize it then. It's now I understand that. It's because I did not see any advantage for it for anybody. At all. It's called hope. Hope is built by interacting with scripture on a regular basis. Stop interacting with noisemakers. Who sit down and tell you Nigeria is an offense? The guy said Nigeria is a, is a crime. That is a crime against humanity. Not Nigeria committed. Though. <laughs> and I see it. And I start laughing. And as people like this want to prosper. You want to kneel down. God will answer you. It's if you were God, will you have your own time? Oh, the Lord is good. Listen. Now, let me quickly get to the main thing I want to say from all of that. So when we have hope, hope is not activated. Look at what David did here. That's Psalm 119, verse 49, right? Okay. Now, notice what he did. Verse 49 is a prayer. He said, remember the word to your servant in which you have made me hope. So the man was praying. I I, I hope you get my point. That means that something has not yet aligned, physically speaking. He said, remember the word to your servant in which you have made me hope. This is a comfort in my affliction that your word has revived me. What am I going to say here? When we have that hope. Now, you know, I started by saying, I said the reason why we keep coming to prayer is because we have what? Hope. For us, prayer is not just one of those, okay, we have nothing else to do. No, prayer is actually the solution to a problem. It's actually the solution to a problem. Like my wife called me the other morning and said, ah, look at this, look at that. I said, don't worry. We will pray about it. Don't worry. We will pray about it. Now, there are 20 human solutions to try. I didn't think of that first. I said, first, let us pray about it. When we will have prayed about it, we know because of the kind of issue that it was, that God will have to open doors. Then when we will have prayed about it, we will now start looking out for the doors that he opened. Please, let me just remind us, that's one major thing God does for Christians in life, opening of doors. And that's one of the things you must learn, is to look up. So straighten up, look up, your redemption draws near. You have to learn to look up. You look up with joy. You look up with gladness. You wake up in the morning knowing that the Lord can send something today. Do you get my point? Yeah. No, that's what he does. He opens doors. He opens doors. If you're trying a particular door by yourself, it's not moving. You try it, leave it. Because the one that God opens usually is, an, is a door that you can handle easily. The Bible says when the crop permits, it puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. The crop will, will permit, We allow. That's what the Lord does. He opens doors. He op- oh no, he opens doors. He, he, will open do- that he will open a door for you. People will be wondering, how did you manage? Ah, you, know, you mean you knew this man? I didn't know him. More. In fact, it was a story I was telling the other day. One of, okay, it was during the radio program. A friend of mine, they bidded for a job in a particular office and nothing came out of it. Nothing. Zero. And then, of course, I forgot about it. Then one day, was on the streets of Enugu here. His phone rang. 
He's not like me. Maybe you pick any cough that comes to him. It's a business, it's a business people are not like pastors. <laughs> pastors are, are the ones that they who's calling. I don't know. I believe me. I'm doing something. Business people, you will take the call. You know, maybe somebody owes you money. Say, quick, send your account number. Let me see you can collect your job. Anyway, his phone, his phone rang. The person introduced himself. You know, you know, imagine that you're going on the road now. Somebody calls you, say, I am a so-so-and-so person. Think of one big company in Nigeria for me. Just one big one. One very massive one. I don't mean... I mean, massive. Huh? Hmm? Okay, say Chevron. Okay, yeah, good, Chevron. And you say, okay, please, um, I'm so-so-so president. I'm the head of um, Chevron Nigeria. And you are looking like for one idea have come. And that kind of thing. Yeah, is that kind of... Something similar to that. So you were like... <laughs> Hello, yes, here you are. Like, and you are calling me. What, what is my own? Exactly, what is the relationship? So while he was sitting, the man said, Oh, so so and so pressing, give me your number. He happened to be the MD of that other company where they be there for a job and nothing came out of it. He said, Oh, that's person. Okay, he said, Please, that if I needed something done in this area, that you are the man to do it. Ah, my guy, by that night, I don't pack. He said, okay, sir. So he said, please, can you come to my house in this, this evening? Let us talk. Do you think I can come to my house? We'll speak. My friend said, no problem. The man did not suspect the guy was answering for Menubu. Because the guy rushed to the airport, bought a plane ticket, parked his car there. <laughs> jo- <laughs> the man said, see me in the evening. Evening is not too far. In Lagos, just backyard here. Now. Yeah, he flew straight. He was in Lagos, got to the man's house. I don't want any Koyo or VI. Got there. Or got the look for me. Of course, they let him in. He waited. He and the man spoke. He didn't tell the man I came from Enugu. When they were done, okay, they arranged what they would do, what the business was about. He told the man what they would. I said, one day the man wanted to pay him. Then I wasn't around. He, he just sent, he sent my wife a message. No, it's, I think he sent me a message. He said, please, man of God, I have an offering for you. How much is it? I think about $200. Say, how should he send it? I said, maybe like, okay. Give to my wife or something like that. She will put it on my card for me. Now, this is where the gist is. When the man wanted to pay him, the man said, please, oh, how foreign currency is acceptable? <laughs> yeah, that's what the man told him. After they finished work, he said, I hope foreign currency is acceptable. That the man said, he doesn't think he has much naira about that. Can you pay them in US dollars? Ah, the guy said, eh, man. <laughs> <laughs> the man counted... Heavy money for, the, for him and his guys. Pay them cash in US dollars. Then he came, that's why he called me and said, Man of God, we are sharing this money. You need to collect your portion. Where you did that? You knew I was not around. I said, Okay, give it to my wife. My wife will put it on my card so I can spend it where I am. He didn't, he, he didn't, you don't get my point. He didn't, he didn't know the man from anywhere. He was driving on the road when an absolute stranger called him. God opens doors. God opens doors. Listen, if you have tried to open too many doors, it's not working again. Reduce the attempts. Just reduce the attempts. Even I walk with the fans. I said, no, I know all this work up and down. I don't run up and down again. Even where I run, don't do. God will open doors for you. Yeah. Hope, hope, hope built on the word is the reason why we come to prayer. Is the reason why we don't leave the place of prayer. Because we know this is where the answer is. I hope you're getting my point. Let me get back to politics. People say your voter's card is your power. It's one of the most idiotic statements you can make to a Christian. Your permanent or temporary or borrowed voter's card is not your power. It cannot be. 
It cannot possibly be. There is no chance in 157,000 million there could be. You know what your power is? On your knees. That's why you know, when I quarrel with Christians, that's the reason. They make you look like Christians. What you need is your voter's card. I say, ah, uh-huh. okay, are you trying to tell me if Abraham and God discuss the matter of a country, 700 million people with voter's card can overrule it? I don't know whether you're getting my point. Abraham and God sits down. Say, so what do we do? Let's punish them. Say, so what have they done? Now, when Abraham cannot intercede for you, he was very wicked. I'm just as an example. See, so let's look for a wicked man to rule over them. Do you think you can conspire and vote against that? God will say, they want to vote. He says, okay, get me a very wicked man, buy him white clothes, give him a good smile. All of them will follow him. Then when he wins, he will now bring out the red, like Adolf Hitler. Yeah, I hope you know that's what happened. Adolf Hitler was a phenomenal head of state until he started fighting the war. Then people realized that this man was evil all the while. That is why I react the way I do. If anybody ever tries to undermine prayer in the life of a believer, you are speaking for Satan. Because Jesus said men ought always to pray and not to get tired of praying and not to faint and not to lose heart. You can't tell me we have prayed enough. People have wrong hopes. Okay, let me summarize. First of all, why do they have wrong hope? They think that the power is because they call it democracy. Let me tell you the real meaning of democracy. They say it's the government of the people, by the people, for the people. Those are, that's a lie. The real meaning of democracy, according to the funny prophet, Anikulako Kuti, is they are all crazy. Them all crazy. That's the meaning of democracy. You can laugh, but that's the truth. Everybody is crazy. I don't want to start talking about, I can prove that everybody is crazy. But let me not start. Take my time. But the other meaning which is true is that what is democracy? It is the thing God has given us to be occupied with while he makes his choices known to us. That we have to be busy. If it's military dictatorship, you say you don't want. If it's monarchy, you say why should one family be the one ruling? God said there's no problem. So what do I give them so they won't be fighting? So give them the impression they are the ones choosing the leaders. Good. What do we call him? Call it since they are all crazy, call it democracy. So they, <laughs> so they take democracy, and then they will now be going and be deceiving themselves. Now, remember, this is how we activate the power of God. Let's read the scripture, because I need to quickly use it to summarize something. Then we'll pray again. It's important what I want to say. We saw it last time briefly, but let's, be, you know, let's look at it in some details again. The book of Acts. Acts chapter, we read it last time. Should be Acts chapter 4, I think. Yes, Acts chapter 4. There was trouble, there was conflict, there was calamity, there was persecution for these people, actually. They said, don't preach in that name again, otherwise you will be in trouble. Verse 23, Acts chapter 4, verse 23. When they had been released, Peter and Co. went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard this, they lifted their voices to God with one accord and said, Oh Lord, now please notice this. They went to God, right? Why? Because the Lord is their refuge. 
Do you understand that? In the Lord, I have done what? Psalm, 19, Psalm 11, last time. In the Lord, I have... Um, why should you say to me, flee like a bird? In the Lord, I have taken refuge. In the Lord was their refuge. So, when the Lord is your refuge, when trouble comes, where do you go? You go to the Lord. So, that's the first thing. Hope. They knew that was the place of their help. So, they came to God and said, verse 24, they lifted up their voices with one accord and said, O Lord, it is you who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. Now, that's what we call praise. That's what we call praise. That's what we call praise. Next line. Who by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said, next, the promise of God. First, the praise of God. Two, the promise of God. What's the promise of God? You said, why did the Gentiles rage and the people devise futile things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. Said, for truly in this city, they were gathered against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. Those gathered Herod and Pontius Pilate along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel to do whatever your hand and your purpose destined to occur. Now, Lord. Next, the petition of the people. First, the praise of God. Two, the promises of God. Three, the petition of the saints. And now, Lord, take note of their threats and grant that your... Of course, you can add that one to it. The description of the problems. Do you follow my point? That's the third one. The description of the problems. Can you see I'm making peace out of them? It's not good. First, praise of God. Two, promises. Three, description of the problem. And then four, the petition of the saints. He said, now, Lord, take note of their request and grant, that's it. Take note of their threats and grant that your bond servants may speak your word with all confidence while you extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders take place through the name of the holy servant Jesus, of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak the word of God with boldness. Notice those four things. Number one, the praise of God. Two, you recall to mind and bring before his throne the promises that he made. And then number three, describe the problems. And then number four, what do you want him to do? That's the petition. What exactly do you want him to do? That's the petition. And let's give an example. Now, that's why I wanted to get to as an example. Why are people confused? Jesus said that they, they, they err not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. What is the problem that people have? It is simple. They just think that, for example, leaders are taken at random. They just sit down here. They just give you a leader. And they say, it's because people don't vote. That's why you gave it. <laughs> One pastor actually told me, I argue with him that they tire. I couldn't believe I couldn't shift him. Politics is a place where I've seen that people don't listen. Those who couldn't argue with you before, you used to say, oh, Pastor Banky, God bless you. Once you don't follow their line, they think you are lost. The man said, you only get leaders you ask God for. I said, where? Any scripture to support that? Israel never asked for Saul. They asked for a king. He said, anything you choose, God will stamp it. I said, oh, how did 200 million people agree on anything? Basically, he said to me clearly, power does not belong to God. It belongs to the people. Yeah, he said it. He didn't use those words, but that's what he said. That no, I said, oh, God, God, he said, no, the power belongs to the people. Is the reason why, now, please, sorry, this is a matter of fact. Most times people say we should pray for the country, I don't join them. You know why? They don't believe. 
Okay, you have seen now that all the prayers you've been praying all this while, you are on your own. Let's commit the next election to the hand of the Lord. People don't be angry. The only agreement is, I wrote a book, let us agree. Do you know few people bother to say, what did you say in that book? People were arguing who I shared the book with, they didn't read it. When they read, what I said, they don't agree with them. They felt Christians should come together behind one candidate. And I said, and I still say, that the right thing is that in a church, four brethren can sit next to each other one is voting for APC, the other is voting for PDP, one is voting for Labour Party, the other person is voting for NNPP. Okay, we're in Enugu, let's add Abgad to it. And then for certain reasons, we have to put our court party. So six of them, six different parties, and then the same church. And the night before the elections, the six of them joined their hands together to pray, even though they are supporting different candidates in their hearts. But they all agreed on the same principles. And they each know their candidate may not be chosen by God because you can only choose one out of the, one out of the six. So the one, one is looking at the other five. Your candidate is not going to win. The other person is looking at the other five. But it's not paramount in their heart. And the day the election is over, whoever's candidate wins, the other five come to him. And they hug each other and they drink wine. And they bless the name of the Lord over it. Because they are brethren and members of the same church. It is out of order under democracy, to think everybody in the same church should be in the same party. It is out of order. But, but what is the praise of God? Let's, that's what I want us to read. And then, of course, something we all know very well. And then we'll, we'll pray with that concerning this next election and a few other things. And then we'll be out of here. The Lord is good. Quickly, let's read first of all from Daniel chapter 4. Can I borrow a microphone? I want someone to read for me. That is why. Get him a, a congregation mic. Daniel chapter 4. Read for us from, um, all right, read verse 27. Then when you're done with 27, you go down to verse 34 to 35. So you have 27, 34, 35. Quickly, Daniel chapter 4. Now this is a praise and the promise of God. This is a praise and the promise of God on the basis of which we Christians pray concerning the next election. I hope you're getting my point. Now read that for us. Daniel chapter 4. Now go ahead. Therefore, O king. May my advice be pleasing to you. Break away now from your sins. By Which verse are you in? Verse 27. Sorry, I meant 17. Sorry. Okay. It's 17. Sorry. <laughs> this sentence is by the decree of the angelic watchers. And the decision is a command of the holy ones. In order that the living may know that the most high is ruler over the realms of mankind and bestows it on whom he wishes, and sets over it the lowliest of men. Now read 34 and 35. But at the end of that period, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes towards heaven, and my reason returned to me, and I blessed the Most High, and praised and honored him who lives forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing, but he does according to his will in the host of heaven and among the inhabitants of earth. And no one can ward off his hand or say to him, What have you done? Hallelujah. Praise God. I said hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Let's quickly read this one again. Psalm 22. Quickly, Psalm 22. Psalm 22. 
Read from verse 27. Who's reading that? From 27 to 28. This one, I particularly like the King James here. I'm not typically a King James person, but I like certain words here. Psalm 22, verses 27 and 28. Hmm? Anyone? 27 and 28. All the ends of the world shall remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations shall worship before you. For the kingdom is the Lord's, and he rules over the nations. Okay, that's why I want the King James. It says, and he's the governor among the nations. I love that expression. Yes, he rules among the nations. But I like the fact that he says he's the governor. That expression so blesses me. Now, it's the basis of this. We pray concerning things like election in Nigeria. And that is why we cannot mobilize the way people are telling us to mobilize. It's ungodly. We mobilize to duty. I hope you're getting my point. We don't mobilize for an aim. What did I say? Yes, for the sake of duty. Like I was asked, should a Christian participate in politics? In fact, I wish they were mobilizing people to do, go and participate in politics. That would have been more righteous in my own opinion. Yes, because I think we should. All of you go and join party at your ward. Now, that's not a joke. I really mean it. You look like you, you look like a counselor. Look at your shirt. <laughs> no, seriously. Let's joke that. But I think you should join politics. At your what level? You don't have to do anything big. Just go for a meeting. When they want to do bad, say, bad is bad. Christians are funny. They're only waiting to go and vote. People say that, eh, the, the candidate you vote for, let your children be like him. I say, stop talking nonsense. These candidates, you chose only how many for me out of 200 million people. So if you chose 12 devils, my children must be able to, okay, okay, they won't vote. They will not say I'm not voting. I hope you're getting my point. Let's, 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 be, let's stop being silly. Some things are just, just out of order. You cannot give me just a handful of men to choose from. I said my children should be like the one I pick from. All of them, as far as I'm concerned. Can you name one that's born again? Amongst your top runners, name one that's born again. Let's leave that. What am I going to say? Guys, the one and me, I want to tell Christians. Go and join a party. I mean, there are a lot of parties that are, I know your party will not win. Don't worry. Did I say you should go and win? All I've said is what? Join one. At least when they want to do meeting, you will go there. All you need to do is wear a t-shirt. Their t-shirts are usually very cheap, so it's not an expensive one. Even Judah can give you a free one. You know, Judah one day was in Abga, next day was in PDP. He didn't even know when he joined PDP. I'm telling you, that guy did not know when he joined PDP. He went to see his local government chairman. The man said, we are going somewhere, enter the car, give me a t-shirt. He wore it, he was coming for Pitamba. He didn't. <laughs> when he came to work, he was in Abga. By the time he returned back home, it was in PDP. With all Christians listening to me, go and join. They won't do any bad because of you. That's all God is asking you to do in that regard. As many as possible, should join a party. There's nothing wrong with it. But the point I'm trying to emphasize is that, listen, when we go to pray, when we go to pray, we pray on one basis. There's nothing like, let's get it right this time. You can't get it right. You don't know what is going on. Just vote for your preference. I'm not, I'm not fighting you over it. Vote for your pre- preference. But based on this promise, let us pray again. Yes, let us pray. Let's rise to our feet. We are closing now. It's a simple prayer. It's a, it's a very simple prayer. Let me just say this before we pray. You, you understand now that you are going to be blessed whoever rules this country. 
this country will do good for you in the name of Jesus. You will flourish in this land in the name of Jesus. For you, Nigeria is not a criminal offense. Nigeria is a blessing for you. This nation is a blessing for you. Everyone that we rule, they will do you good. God will gather whoever he wants to use and equip the person to solve the problems that is ready to solve for us. Because we have asked him for mercy. Therefore, we receive mercy. In the name of Jesus Christ. Now, I want us to pray individually. I will lead us in prayer, but just take about 30 seconds and say, Lord, I recognize that this nation is yours and you are the ruler over this nation. Just say it to him again. I want, us to generate, I want us to generate faith in the air. So that unbelief will not stop our blessing. So Lord, thank you. This country is not an offense. He's a minister of God for his purpose in these end times. Yes, this nation is a minister. This nation was created to minister the gospel of God. God is watching over her. Thank God that, Lord, I know you are watching over my land. Personalize it, please. Make it your own. You are watching over my nation. Thank you. It will do me good. It will do your purpose. I said to him, Lord, you are the governor. You are the one that appoints rulers. Appoint a ruler in your mercy. It's a simple prayer. But it's don't appoint a ruler that will be harsh. Don't appoint a ruler for us that will not know what to do to establish righteousness and justice. But appoint a ruler in your mercy. That's what I wanted to pray again. Say, Lord, appoint the ruler that you have chosen in your mercy, not in your anger. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, he that you have appointed in your mercy, establish him or her, whoever it is, on the throne of this nation. See, Lord, that's what we're asking for. We are not naming names. Our eyes are not fixed on anybody. But that this country is our own. And that's so rock we serve the purpose of God for us. That God will by himself mobilize and have his will done. Bless this nation. I want you to bless this nation from your heart. What we are doing eh, is generating faith. Too much unbelief in the air. What we are doing is generating faith. Too much unbelief in the air. We will kill the unbelief. Please, brethren, say to God, we need to kill unbelief. Listen to this. Say, Lord, I know my vote is not my power. My prayer is my petition before the almighty God. You need to say that to God. Say, Lord, I will go and vote. I'm a good citizen. I will go and vote. I will encourage my friends to go and vote because we are good citizens. I will encourage my brethren to go and vote because we are good citizens by your power. However, Lord, we repent. We never say our voter's card is our power. It is not our power. It still remains that one with God is majority. It still remains. It remains. It's a matter of fact. That statement may not be lifted straight from scripture, but derived from the principles of the word of God. Because God alone is majority. At least that one is clear. Repent. Kill that unbelief. Many people are afraid. Eh, what if brethren don't come and vote? What does it matter? God will raise stones to vote. 
Say, Lord, my vote is not my power. Say to God, my PVC is not my power. My vote is not my power. My power is my petition before the judge of the whole earth. My power is the righteousness I have in Christ Jesus. My power is the power of agreement that my brethren and I have that we can approach the throne of God with. Our power is prayer. Why? Because the power belongs to God. In prayer, we ask him for mercy. Say, Lord, all power belongs to you. The rulers over this nation, that's who you are. You are the ruler over this nation, that's who you are. Lord, you are our hiding place. You are the place we go in to get the results of God. You are the ruler over this nation. You are the ruler over this nation. We cast down doubts. We cast down unbelief. Say, Lord, do your will. By faith, we say, Lord, do your will. People of God, this is what we are asking for. Now, just say amen to this. Now, we are done with praying about the election. But these are the reasons we are praying for a good leader. Father, in the name of Jesus, once again, we have asked you before. We are just reiterating the things we know you have heard us concerning and you are going to do for us. Lord, Grant us peace in this land. Amen. Jesus, you are the prince of peace. Amen. Let peace reign in Nigeria from the north Amen. to the south. Amen. From the east Amen. to the west. Amen. Every nook and cranny of this nation, let the peace of God reign. Amen. Lord, we want freedom. Because the Bible says that you desire for all men to be saved. We ask you for freedom to preach the gospel. Amen. We ask you for land eh, to establish missions all over northern Nigeria. Amen. All over middle belt of Nigeria. Amen. All over southern Nigeria. Amen. The land is yours. Amen. We command the airwaves to open. Amen. We speak as the children of God. We speak to the airwaves. Open in Jesus' name. Amen. The broadcasting of the gospel will happen in Sokoto, in Meduguri. Amen. It will happen in, every, in Katsina. Amen. It will happen in Kaduna. Amen. It will happen in Gombe. Amen. It will happen in Jigawa. Amen. It will happen in every northern state. Amen. In Niger, it will happen. Amen. People will not be afraid to speak the gospel in the airwaves. Amen. The radio stations will open. Amen. The television stations will open. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. In the middle belt, it will open. Amen. All over the south also, it will open. Amen. Why? Because this nation is the Lord's. And the fullness thereof. Amen. Lord, we ask you for peace. We ask for, you know, freedom to preach the gospel. Amen. Lord, we ask you again for prosperity for this land. Amen. Cause this land to prosper. Amen. Let it yield abundance for us. Amen. Let rain fall in this season. Amen. Let, it yield, let it wet the earth for us. Amen. Let the earth bring forth for us. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let the heavens answer the earth. Amen. Let the earth answer the grain. Amen. Let there be abundance of harvest. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Father God, this forest scarcity is too much. We ask you. Send fuel in abundance. Amen. This cash scarcity is plenty. Lord, we are tired of it. We ask you, give us cash to spend. Amen. 
Lord, cause the queues at ATMs, at banking halls to disappear Amen. over the next few days. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. No matter what we want to achieve, we don't have to suffer like this to get there. Lord, achieve righteousness, but give peace to your people. Amen. We ask in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Lord, we ask for justice in this land. Amen. Lord, let Nigeria experience justice. Amen. Let it not be a land where the one that departs from iniquity is the one that is now the prey. No, let it not be. When you see that kind of thing, it annoys you. The Lord saw and he was displeased. Lord, in your displeasure, cast out injustice. Let your right hand bring salvation. Let this land be a land of justice. Lord, let a rich man not get away with evil because he has money. Let there be justice for the rich. Let there be justice for the poor. Let the one in a political party not get away because he has influence. Let there be justice for the ones in a party. And let let there be justice for the one that is not in any party. We are asking that this land will be a land of justice. In the name of Jesus Christ. We are praying, Father God, again, that justice will not be delayed in this land. Justice will not be delayed. Lord, reform for us our justice system. Father God, we ask of you in the name of Jesus. That there will be security in this land. Let it be a thing of the past that people are traveling and they are kidnapped on the roads. Father God, let the trap that the wicked set, let them fall into their own traps. In the name of Jesus Christ. But Lord, let the innocent go about in peace. Lord, we ask you that these roads in Nigeria will be blessed with your safety in the name of Jesus. Amen. We ask for your real, the real roads that you have given to us. One, that they will increase in number. Amen. They will improve in quality. Amen. That the trains will not derail anymore. Amen. Nor will the passengers be kidnapped. Amen. Nor will accidents kill anyone who's, who is traveling by them. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. These are the things we are asking you for and more. Make this land, Lord, a delightsome land for us. Amen. Because you are the one that can do it. Yes. You are the one we, brought, we have brought our petition before again today. And Lord, to summarize that, the one who will cooperate with you and get these things done, establish such a one as our ruler next in Nigeria in Jesus' name. Amen. But that's what we're asking for. You know more than we do. You know the hearts of man. We, we don't. But when you do this for us, Lord, we will rejoice. Thank you. Because you have caused us to hope in your praise and in your promises. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen. Brother, please, before we go, can you, let's do something again. Everybody, last time we did it last time. Five more minutes. While you are standing, please pray about something. You need to listen. You know, Ezekiah prayer. I mean, we were around last week, uh, Tuesday. Oh, uh, yeah? The, the one you did not finish. You have f- five minutes. Finish it. Ezekiah, he saw the trouble. What did he do? He just went and told the Lord. Say, Lord, see him. Five minutes. Five minutes. After that, we share the grace. In fact, we share the grace while you are praying. Any matter that is in your hands, that's troubling you, please give it to the Lord. Give it to the Lord. Give it to the Lord. Is it a health matter? Give it to him.
Is it a promotion matter at work? Give it to him. Is it a need matter? Hand it over to the Lord. The Bible says, cast your burdens upon the Lord, for he cares for you. He cares. He cares. We come to him because of hope. We come to him because of hope. We know he answers. Is the place of our help? Is the place of our refuge? Is the place of our help? Is the place of our refuge? Please lay it before him simply. The doctor said this, but you are the great physician. It's a very simple prayer. Lord, the doctor said this, but you are the great physician. The doctor said this, but you are the great physician. God will cure anything. HIV, he will neutralize it. Cancer, he will destroy it. No matter what it is, he will calm that blood pressure down. He will normalize that blood sugar. That's what he does. He just wants to come in faith. <laughs> this is your year of testimonies. Oh. You go see testimonies, you go tired. Oh, you will see testimonies there. Eh? You will see testimonies there. Eh? People of God, let's give a lot of thanks. He has heard us. Just say thank you. Spend, in fact, spend another few minutes just saying thank you. Thank you for truth. Thank you for making me know you. Thank you, thank you for hearing my prayer. Thank you for forgiving my sins. Thank you. Because if I was not forgiven, I wouldn't be able to stay here and be praying before you. Say, Lord, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Lord, this is my season of testimonies. This is my season of testimonies. Oh, like David, I have been comforted in my affliction. By your promise, by your word. I have been comforted in my affliction. By your word. Oh, Lord, thank you. I have been comforted in my affliction. Oh, Lord, I have been comforted in my affliction. By your word. (laughs) Thank you. Because I hope in your promise, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.